talk for just a, a little bit. I got a lot going on up here. Got got my my iPad Bible here. Got my my paper Bible. So no matter what, I'm going to get the word right. Um, but uh, in in prayer and in, in thinking about um, the future of, of 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 the church and the revival that God is sending us, we have to prepare and be ready ourselves. There's some things that we have to do. Uh, for revival, not only for the church, for ourselves. Again, revival starts with one. It starts with you. It starts with me. But um, if you have your Bibles, we're going to get started in the, in the Word. <clears throat> and we're going to be t- talking on the essence of holiness tonight. I believe God is desiring a holy church. We just can't let anything from the world infiltrate and take part in the church. I know there are a lot of churches, and there's a lot of religions that are letting a lot of crazy things come in and, and be a part of their church culture. Now, it's not to say that we're, we're going to uh, we're gonna get some carnal people. Let's just put it plainly. When people come off the street, they're not holy, right? Uh, but holiness is a process. It's something that just doesn't take place overnight. You don't get the Holy Ghost on a Saturday night and Sunday morning. You just wake up holy and you look apostolic, talk apostolic, and, and act apostolic. It doesn't happen. It's a process. So, uh, but we will not let the, uh, the norm of the world, we will not let what's acceptable of the world be what is acceptable in, in church culture. We will not because God desires a holy church. He will have a holy church. Here in Pontiac, we will. St- I still stand for holiness. I I, I still believe in holiness, uh, but we have to understand there's some things that God is working on in us, because there's there's some areas in every one of us that that God is saying, hey, we we, we need to work on this. There are some things that that uh, need to take place. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter number three. We'll read uh, verse 1 through 5. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a, a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked. Behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and, and, and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw what that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, but put off thy shoes off thy feet, for the place where thou standest is holy ground. Okay? So we're going to talk about holiness and, and, and uh, what it pertains to us and what it pertains to the church. Uh, because if you study in Scripture, there was always a, a precedent all throughout scripture for a cleansing and a consecration in in God's people before they would venture into a new chapter. In other words, God wanted some consecration. He wanted to see a step of holiness and cleansing before they start in a a, a new venture or a new chapter. Uh, So we have to look at ourselves. If we're wanting revival and we're wanting to, to take the next step uh, in a level of God, 
There's some things that we have to consecrate to. There's some things that we have to do personally. God is just not going to put holiness and, and drop it right on you and shove it in you. It's not how it works. But there has to be a, a, a choice in ourselves. There has to be a choice in ourselves that uh, I'm going to walk away from the world. I'm going to walk away from, from all of the, the carnality and start walking towards God. It's a process. But I believe if we are to experience the end time revival and it has already started, I believe that the church has to take a cleansing and the church has to take some steps to ensure that this place stays holy. When people come in off the street, I know they're going to see things they never saw. I know they're going to hear things they never heard. But the one thing that always stands out, they look around and, and look at us. Because there is a, we're different. Scripture calls us peculiar, strange, and odd. And in a modern day society where people can just get out of bed in their jammies and go to Walmart, We look are now the ones starting to look strange because we dress the part. We we don't just dress any odd way or, but we're 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 separate. We're called to be separate. We're called to be apart from and, and separate from the world. So, we look throughout Scripture. You can look at Jacob coming back to Canaan to step into his promises as Abraham's descendant. He had to do some things before you must be. Uh, before you do, you must be this. So in other words, if we're wanting to take a step in revival, we're wanting to take the next step uh, in God's presence, there's some things that we must do. Again, holiness is a process. It's, it's, it's a change that starts to take place from the outside in. It, it, it doesn't work its way from the, from, uh, from, from the outside going in. Holiness starts here. Let me get it back. Holiness starts here, works its way out. It just doesn't flow, and it starts to penetrate. It starts here. Um, so if you look at Scripture, and, 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 and um, if, you're, if you're going to stand for holiness, and if you want God to change, you have to change your mind of, of who you are and what is important to you. Because when we come to a holy, holy presence of God, we have to understand that we are imperfect people. Some people get content with who this is who, and you, you hear that, uh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Some people just say, this is the way I've been for 50 plus years, and I guess this is the way I'm going to be till I die. I don't, I don't buy into that. I don't buy into that. Because you have to make a, a mental uh, uh, stand first. You have to understand, I, I, I need to change how I'm thinking. I need to change how I'm, I'm living. So change your mind internally about your spiritual surroundings. That's why I tell young people, it's very important and very important who you surround yourself with. It's very important of who you surround yourself with, who you're listening to, who you're taking counsel with, who, who you're hanging out, where you're going. It's very important because there are places that apostolic people should not be. There's places that an apostolic person should not find themselves. So you have to understand, number one, you're a holy vessel. You are a holy vessel. You are a holy vessel. Why? Because God is dwelling on the inside. 
we have to understand that this body is holy. The God we serve is holy. So uh, uh, let's get started. Hebrews 12 and 14. It says to follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Now, there's two things that, that uh, we have to look at with this. Follow peace with all men. Now, I know there's some people that are just hard to make peace with. You're thinking of them right now. It already, when I said that, it already popped in your mind. I, they're just, I, I just don't know about this pastor. But I believe it is up to us to make amends with our brothers and sisters. If we know there's, there's, there's ill will there, we need to make it right. That's, that's, that's being a peacemaker. Um, and trust me, there are some people that are just hard to get along with. Now, I'm not one to go around and start, start fights, start trouble, start running my mouth knowing that what I say is going to get this person agitated and it might be against this person. Now, they're going to be going at it. That's not what we do. It says, follow peace with all men and holiness. So we have to go after it. If we're going to follow something, we have to literally go after it. Uh, if, if I'm going to follow somebody in, in, into the conference room to have a meeting, I literally have to what? I have to follow them and go after them. It's a process. It's something that we choose to do. Holiness must be pursued. We have to go after it. And, we have to, and, and then the, we start getting the questions of, what, well, how do I become holy? What do I do to, to, uh, to become holy? Holiness is simply walking away from the world, separating yourself from the world, and walking towards God. So we have to understand <coughs> that there are things that God is just not pleased with. Let's start with sin. If it involves sin, you can pretty well be assured God is disgusted with it. That's why when I, 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 I'm picturing of God looking down from heaven on the United States, how disgusted he must be right now. The country that was founded on in God we trust. The country that was founded on godly biblical principles. And boy, have we strayed far away from that. Because we are not that country anymore. When we're a country that is more concerned with being whatever gender you want to be than preserving the life of an unborn child, we have strayed far away from God's principles. So we, we, we have to understand that that uh, there's some things in the world, sin, ungodliness, that we don't associate ourselves with or take part in. I remember as a young person hearing that uh, the peer pressure uh, of, of friends of, oh, one time ain't going to hurt. You know, I'm sure that, that your parents will understand. I'm sure your pastor will understand if, if you just come this one time. But if you act, ask any drug addict you ask any alcoholic it just takes that one time to get started down a path that you can't get away from so there are some things that we are just going to avoid there are some things that we are just not going to participate in why because we're walking away from ungodliness and walking into holiness 
And remember, we have, to, we have to keep this in mind. It says follow peace with all men. Number one, we're peacemakers. We don't go around causing trouble. We don't go, don't do as I do. We were talking, but we were in Granite City not too long ago, and I drove by that, Luth, that Lutheran church, and, and uh, Brother Reeves specifically handed us flyers. We had 50 flyers to hand out for the revival that's coming up. And he said, don't come back until you, until you hand them all out. So we did. You know what we did? We went to Lutheran Church, and, and they were having church that night, and that parking lot was full. We put, one, uh, we put a flyer on every single car. Came back in 10, 15 minutes. We're done. Everybody looked at us. There's no way. Exactly. We're done. We get to enjoy the, the rest of the night. We didn't know the trouble that we were going, the, the, the hornet's nest that we stirred up by doing that. <laughs> but follow peace with all men and holiness. And we forget about this. Which no man shall see the Lord. That's how important it is to follow peace. That's how important it is to God that we are the peacemakers. That's how important it is to God that we are holy and that we follow after holy. Why? Because we won't see God. He's not going to allow sin into heaven. He's not going to allow all this ungodliness into heaven. Simply not because he is a holy God. So it is very important. We will not see God. So we ask the question, or somebody can ask the question, what is holiness? If I was to ask you, what, what do you think holiness is? It is the very essence of God. That's his characteristics. It's him. It's who he is. It's absolute purity. No sin. That's who our God is. Now, we're human. At least I think most of us are. We're never going to attain that, that perfect purity like God because we're sinful people. We fall, we mess up. Sometimes on a daily basis. But that's what grace and mercy is for. Now, because of grace and mercy does not give us the green light. Well, I know he's going to forgive me. So tomorrow I'm just going to go ahead and do this knowing that he's going to forgive me. That's not what grace and mercy is all about. But we are trying. We're taking steps. Now, all my grandbabies right now are pretty well walking, but we're going to have two new ones early next year. And they're just not going to come out and, you know, welcome the doctor and, and walk off into the waiting room. I'll be waiting for you, Mom, when you're ready. You've got to crawl first. And then there's that exciting time when they, they, they stand up and they're a little little weak in the knees and, and in time they start taking that first step and in times they could take a couple two three steps and in time they're walking from here to the chair and now they're all over the place and you're chasing after them it's a process crawl to a stand to a walk and holiness is that way we're progressing forward we're learning I've learned I've made I will raise my brother Warren I'll raise my hand and say I've made an abundance of mistakes. I've fallen flat on my face when I when I knew I knew this was probably going this is probably a bad idea. This is probably not what God wants. And I did it anyways. 
and fell flat on my face thinking oh, I could resist that or I could go. But as Brother Wilson was teaching, it's not a failure or mistake. It was a learning moment. It's a learning moment. I learned that if you touch this because it's hot and it burns your hand, you know what? I ain't going to do that again. And holiness is that way. It's, it's a progress. It's, it's step. It, it, it's a baby step. Somebody asked me one time, my process of, of using somebody for whatever position in the church, not necessarily preaching or teaching or on the pulpit, but just in general, uh, of somebody who wants to, to do something in the church. And I've been questioned, well, why are you using that person in the past? I know what they were getting at because the person wasn't perfect. But I don't want to say, but neither is the one who's critiquing me and criticizing me. But I look at the person's life of, are they walking towards the cross? Are they walking away from the cross? Because as long as they're walking towards the cross and they're making, they're making steps towards that, they may not be perfect. It may, it may take a while to get them to where they, they, they uh, uh, fit into the apostolic culture. Because that's a problem we've had in, in the United Pentecostal Church in the in the past, we've, we, we've, threw, we've thrown so many stones at people and we've judged so many people and we've, we've dealt harshly with so many people in the past that they simply just walk away. But as long as they're taking steps towards the cross, that's what I'm looking for. And I believe that's what God is looking for. It may be just minor little baby steps. But they're stepping. They're going towards that. Who are we to criticize and judge a person's stride towards holiness? They say boys and girls age differently. They say girls mature faster. I'm still waiting to mature. So yes, it, you know, you got the mature one over here and you got the child over on this side. <laughs> but it is true. I see a lot of girls at a very young age that, that act very mature. And you take a boy of... of <coughs> excuse me, 12 or 13, and they act totally different than a girl who's 12 or 13. Big difference. But we spiritually mature differently too. I've seen some that receive the Holy Ghost and they're off. They're, 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 their lifestyle has changed and they're growing and they're, in, they're witnessing and they're bringing people to church and they're teaching and it was just like that. And then I've seen people who've been in church for 20 or 25 years and, and still I've, I've gotten a text uh, in the past of, what scripture is it that says this? You've been in church for 30 years and you don't know how to use a concordance or figure that out? After all the technology that we have now, you can go on your phone and say, what scripture says this? Boom, there it is. I got a text from a person who's been in church for many years asking me, where's this scripture at? But it's because people mature at different levels. But we're moving towards holiness. But we have to make that 
choice ourselves. I am going to, to do my best to be Christ-like. That's a conscious choice. That when somebody cuts you off, all right, I'll point at me. How am I going to respond? Am I going to respond in the way that that uh, is, is not Christ-like, or am I going to respond as if the Lord is sitting right next to me and I'm just going to wave at him and say, sorry. It's a choice that we have to make to be like him. The problem comes when we are supposed to be holy. As 1 Peter 1 and 16, because it's written, be ye holy for I am holy. By that definition, that means we're nowhere's near. That's true. But as long as we're making strides into that, to try to be that way, because holiness is not manufactured by us. I don't care what you do, you cannot manufacture holiness. You cannot do it on your, in yourself. It's a process that God does starting with the inside. That's why we see the fruits of the Spirit. I've been called, I've been told I... I I was talking to a, 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 a person, and they accused me of judging them. Well, you're just judging me. And I just politely said, I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you what I see. If I walk up to an apple tree and I say, that's an apple tree, I'm not judging it. I'm just saying that for what it is, or, or a, 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 a pear tree, and I didn't know. I went right around the corner from my house a while while ago, and I seen a bunch of pears on the on the ground. And I didn't even know this guy had a pear tree in his in his his yard. I didn't see no partridge for all you. I know what you're thinking. I understand why they put so many birds in that song. I still don't get it. I just don't get it. But I recognize it. It was a pear tree. So. I, I just said what I saw in this person. And, uh, well, you're judging me. No, I'm not judging you. I'm, 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 I'm recognizing the fruit that you're putting out, or lack of fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is something that just, as soon as you receive the Holy Ghost, doesn't, it just doesn't appear overnight. Because you don't just plant a tree, and next thing you know, there's fruit on that tree. It's, it's a process. Be holy, for I am holy. In other words, we have to strive for that. We have to get to that place. Moses, the place where you're standing is holy ground. He had to recognize that. Hey, this is holy. Now I need to do something. We have to understand we're not holy. But I need to work towards that. It takes something on our part. It takes action on our part. Philippians 2, 12 and 13 says this. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, stop looking at the person across the pew and judging them or trying to, trying to do, tell them what to do. We need to work out our salvation on our own with fear and trembling. Verse number 13, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He's working in us to will and to do. And aren't you thankful that even when we mess up, he's working on us. He's working on you. He don't say, well, that just fell apart and that just came off, so I'm, I, I'm, I'm just done messing with it. He never gives up on us. He's still working on us. 
And to some people, holiness is just the dress. It's just the dress. And if that's all holiness is to you, you're totally missing the point. You're totally missing it. Because if God can never work on the inside, it doesn't matter what you wear on the outside. I've seen many people that looked apostolic on the outside. But boy, when I talked to them and, 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 and uh, dealt with them, they are not apostolic at all. So you may be able to follow some, some rules by mere human effort, but true holiness, Christ-likeness, is a work of the Holy Ghost. Aren't you thankful that you're not the same person you was? I, I, I'm grateful that I'm not the same person I was, but the Holy Ghost is here, and it's working on the inside. Because it's God that works in us, but it's ours to work out. Do you hear what I said? It's God that's working in us, but it's ours to work out. In other words, I have to work out my own salvation in fear and trembling. I have to be the one that, that dedicates myself to the word. I have to be the one that dedicates myself to prayer and to fasting. I'm the one that has to do this. You can't do that for me, and I can't do that for you. It's your own walk and your own relationship. I heard this said, and you probably did too in an apostolic church, you can't get uh, good to get God. In other words, you can't get good to get God. You got to get God to get good. <laughs> we don't work our, our way to salvation. The Christian walk is working our way from salvation. And what I mean by that, when you get the Holy Ghost, that's the first step towards holiness. That's the first step on, on the journey. You're born again. You're a baby. You're starting a new life. And I've heard this. You don't live holy to get saved. You live holy because you are saved. Did you hear that? You don't live holy to get saved. You live holy because you are saved. And if you've got God living on the inside, there's some things that should be taking place. There should be some fruits that we see, some attitudes and, and all these things, some love that takes place. So what, is, what does that mean in us, con conforming to the character and will of God in our lives? It's kind of like, what's that song? He is the, he is the, uh, he's the potter and I'm the clay. We're being formed by God. I dealt with clay in the past and tried to do pottery. Hmm, I, I, can't, I can't even draw stick men, so let let you know kind of what my pottery turned out to be. But one thing I did notice when worked with pottery, and you're, you're trying to form it into something, you just throw this big lump of, all right, what am I going to try to make? So you start playing with it, you soften it, you start molding it. Do I want to make a cup? Do I want to make a, uh, a vase or a vase if you're not so fancy? And I tried. I tried making a vase. But I noticed while I was making this, and it wasn't, it was not going well at all. But as I sat back and looked at that, 
The one thing that curiously got my attention was that was my fingerprints. That was my handprint. That was me. That was that was mine. That was on that thing. No matter how ugly it looked and no matter how misshapen it was, it was my imprint that was on that thing. And it led me to know that even though I don't think, I know I'm not where I need to be. There's some things that God is still working. Brother Warren, there's things that God is still working on, on me. And it's misshapen and, and sometimes broken that I feel sometimes. If I would just sit back and look, what do I see? That's God's imprint on you, Brother Warren. He's molding you. He's forming you. He's working on you. It's God that's working in you and on you. It's a process. Holiness. God, I'm not done. Thank you for not giving up on me. But we're conforming ourselves to his character. I want to act like he acts. Amen? I want to talk like he talks. There's something different about us. In fact, at a sales meeting not too long ago, one of the other salesmen who's uh, who's uh, goes to a church down in in uh, southern Missouri. They were talking to him, and I found it curious. One of the one of the things they asked him was, "You don't cuss, do you?" Well, no. And you you talk about some eyes looking like. They just couldn't comprehend. You mean you don't you don't cuss at all? No. It's like they think we cannot function. We cannot verbally come across with a point without throwing a a, a cuss word in there. No, we that's not how we talk. Why? Because I'm conforming like him. I'm speaking. If we would only take this this mentality, we're talking and acting, which he is, as if the Lord was physically right next to me. Would I talk that way if the Lord was physically right next to me in the car or next to me in my office? Would I be looking at that? Would I be talking that way? Or would I be doing that? Yeah, they all just looked this look of confusion like... We've never met anybody that didn't curse before. No, it's because we're conforming to be and act and talk like him. So we're conforming to his character, which is holy, which means that we need to get away from carnality. We need to get away from worldliness. It's a separation. That's what holiness really is. I'm separating myself from the world, from the person I used to be, from the way I used to act, the way I used to talk, and I'm turning and I'm walking towards God, separating myself. I want to get as far away from the world. I want to get as far away from ungodliness. You can look at it at, at, at this. Our separation from the world and our dedication to God could be looked at as like a marriage. Because before you're married, you're free to date every person you want to, right? 
you're free to whatever. But when you marry, you're separating yourselves from all of those and you're dedicating yourself to the one. And now we're, I'm, 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 I'm connected to her. And that's the way holiness is. We're separating ourselves from all that junk, but we're in a relationship. Now I'm connecting with him. It's, I'm dedicating myself to him. So everything about us, everything about this church we have to look at is from a, a holiness. And, and, and I've had countless people come to me and try to show me how to pastor and how to have a better church. You know, if you would just add a light show on the stage, you'd probably get more people. You know, pastor, you'd be really interested in uh, what a fog machine could do to your worship set. Really? Really? And I told Sister Sanchez, no, we don't have fog machines. We don't have light machines. No, sis, we cannot have strobe lights while we're singing glory to God. But I have, I've had countless people and pastors from, from the nominal churches. Hey, did you, have you ever tried doing this? We found that, you know, you turn all the lights out and turn this on and have the bright, bright lights, you, you, you attract some people. I'm like, ah, you know, I don't want to attract the night the the nightclub crowd if they think that's what this is second oh. corinthians 6 17 and 18 therefore come out from among them and what be separate the denominal world can have their rock show as a as a worship set the denominal world can have the lights the smoke and and all the lasers and craziness that they want to but it ain't happening here. It ain't happening here. Come out from among them. Be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean. And I will receive you. And I will be a father to you. Thank the Lord. And you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. I love the feeling of being a dad. One of the best things God could have blessed me with and given me the was children and now he's blessed me even more with 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 with, with more uh, sons and daughters i love it i love being called dad i love it just hearing hey dad zachary's case paul i'm paul uh i'm papa to 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 summon but i love that But I love the fact, knowing as much as I love my kids, God sees me the same way as a son, his son. You're his daughter. I love that. It's a relationship. My dad, my heavenly father, that knows what I need, that when I mess up, he's going to be there with love, not, not an anvil. I used to think, I used to be scared to death as a teenager. Number one, I watch way too many Looney Tunes. So I had the same feeling that when I messed up, God was, you know, kind of like the road runner and, and, and that poor coyote with an anvil just hanging over his head and boom. But that's not my God. We serve a holy God, a loving God, a 
God who is wanting to give us peace. It's wanting to give us joy. But it's also not wanting to cut us off when we mess up. So if there's, if we're working our way to holiness, if we're working our way towards that, it's a process. That lets me know that there must be some things that are unclean spiritually that we need to stay away from. There are some things that we need to shy away from that could stop holiness, that could stop the process. Because holiness is a destination. It's a destination. We're getting there. We're getting there. I can't do what Sister, Sister Wilson does. I don't know if you know this about this beautiful lady, but she can just get up on a, a, a clear blue morning and drive to California in like three days, nonstop. I can't do that. I go to Springfield, my office, and she can just drive and drive and drive. But it's because there's a destination. She wants to get there. There's a destination we want to be. Holiness. I want to get there. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet, sis. But I'm working on it. We're getting there. Because church, if we want true revival, we have to consecrate ourselves. We have to separate ourselves. There has to be a cleansing. There's going to be some things that I'm going to be doing in the near future. I know you ain't going to like it. Don't worry, it ain't the Daniel fast. Yes, I, I see everybody. Don't say Daniel. Don't say Daniel. Don't say Daniel. Don't say Daniel. But if we're going to have revival, there's going to be fasting. There's going to be prayer. I know we'd like that easy route where God just fills up the church and God just blesses his revival. No, it's going to come with work. It's going to come when we separate ourselves and we consecrate ourselves and, and we prepare ourselves for this. Because it's a, holiness is a, a destination and we need to get there. And again, if it's a destination, that lets me know that there's different levels of maturity in God's family. I like every, somebody was saying, well, I just, I liked my kids when they were just infants. I liked it when they were just crawling around. I heard a father say, I liked it when they would, you'd put them in one spot and that's where they stayed. But I, I enjoyed every, every stage of, of raising kids. I love the, I love the little hold them in your arms, staring at them, and looking at them in the eye and they're making that eye contact with you and oh, your heart opens up. But I like that. That, that, that little, that walking stage and, and getting on the floor and playing trains and cars. And I enjoyed that. And then I enjoyed the 10, 11 years old stage because they're starting to understand a little more and get a little more sass to them. And I think, <laughs> did you just say that? Um, the teenage years. I didn't have a problem in teenage years like some have. I didn't have these wild children like, like their dad. I'd have to worry if they were stealing the car in the middle of the night. I didn't have that. I guess I got all of that out before I had kids. I kept saying, if I did this, Lord have mercy. If God's going to get me back and give me a kid that's going to give me exactly what I did. 
I didn't have that. I had great kids. I enjoyed the teenage years. I enjoyed watching them grow and they discover and get their own their own likes. You know, they were so used to hearing dad's music all the time, but now they got their own musical taste. They got their own likes, and, and as they got a little bit older and started dating and and mar- I liked every step of the way. And holiness is that way too. I see different levels of maturity. I see different levels in, in the church, just like a, a, a regular family. You got, you got the dad, you got an older brother, and the, the middle kid, and the, uh, every, every stage. And we have that, and that's great because we're a family. We're all not on the same level. We're not all on the same thing. But you know what? There's a God that loves us where we are, where you are. I heard this said that highway of holiness, uh, salvation is the entry ramp. Traveling towards holiness. So when, you, when God filled you with the Holy Ghost, he put you on that entry ramp on the road to holiness. God, I want to be holy. I want to be holy. And I'm, I'm just about done. Love, believe it or not, is the best motivator for living holy. I'll say that again. Love is the best motivator for living holy. 1 John 5 and 3, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. If you lived your life for God, if all that life was is is only rules to be kept, then you you live a life of bare minimums and little relationship. Now listen, Let's look at it this way, as marriage. If all there was to marriage is you cannot commit adultery, there's no relationship. There's no relationship. If if that's all it is, well, I can't do that. Relationship comes from love. It's love-based. Why do I why do I change and why do I, I I do things a little differently? It's because I love her. She don't like that, so guess what? I ain't gonna do that. It's about love, and works, and it works the opposite way. If she knows I don't like something, guess what? She's not gonna do that. It's not rules. It's not like you have to do this and you have to do that. No, it's a love relationship. I don't mind going out of my way and doing something for her, because there's a love relationship there. But if all it was was rules and regulations, well. You can't be looking at other guys, and you can't do this, and you can't do that. The reason we want to become holy is because we love him. I don't want to disappoint him. I want to be more like him. Again, when you find out in a relationship, now I know that if she gets up in the middle of the night to use the restroom, and I left that toilet seat up, and that's that cord cold porcelain that somebody sits down on at three in the morning let me tell you what that wakes you you know you're doing your best to stay asleep you do like me you have to get up in the middle of the night you just you're trying to just oh stay tired stay asleep because you don't want to wake up because you can't go back to sleep there's nothing that will not wake you up faster than sitting on cold porcelain (laughs) and falling down into the water well she don't like that 
I don't like it. So she don't leave the toilet seat up for me. Why? I don't know. I just said it. <laughs> Listen, I'm lazy. I don't want to stand up in the middle of the night. Well, sit down. Why I said it, I just did. <laughs> Edit that out of the live recording. <laughs> Rewind that. Let's start over. It's getting way off track. The whole point is I'm not going to do something that she doesn't like. And she's not going to do something that I do not like. The whole point is we're in a relationship, church. It's a love relate. I love him. I want to please him. So I'm not going to do something that jeopardizes that. That's what holiness is. Walking towards that pleases him. Um, Mark 12 and 30. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. And this is the first commandment. Love. It's all about love. All right, I'll, I'll end with this. Um, Revelation 2, and we'll, two verse, starting with verse number 1. Love your stand for truth, church. But let your stand for truth be based on love. Revelation 2 and 1. Unto the angel, the church of Ephesus, write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience, and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from thence whence thou art fallen and repent and do the uh, first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of the place except thou repent. They were doing the work. They were having church. But scripture says they lost their first love. Sometimes we just need to get back to basics and fall in love with him all over again and find ourselves in an altar of repentance and an altar of prayer because once we fall in love with him again then and only then will conviction develop in our life because God's conviction that's his voice leading us in our choices holiness so we're on a destination church Revival. Souls are coming. We need to be ready. We need to be ready. Because God wants a holy church here in Pontiac. Stand with me, if you will. Some people look at us, and, and I've had this said, maybe you have too, the man, if I start going to your church, I got to give up a lot of stuff. You ever heard that? Well, I got I to gotta give up some stuff if I'm going to come to your church. Do you realize what you're giving up if you don't give up all that stuff? You're giving up a relationship with God. You're possibly giving up an eternity 
worshiping him in heaven just because of a few things that you say you have to give up. I'd say what you're going to gain is so much better than a few things that you have to give up. Lord, thank you. I thank you for this church. I thank you, God, for those that are that are committing themselves. God, that we are walking towards holiness. I know you want a holy church in Pontiac. God, you want a church that's separated. Lord, I'm believing you for a great revival for souls. But I pray, God, that you would help us, prepare us to be ready for that, God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the powerful name of Jesus, amen.